Arts of Spirituality podcast. This is your host, Myra. This podcast takes us on a journey to finding new ways of spirituality that can help us ascend to our higher self and be one with the universe. Hi friends, today we're going to be talking about generational traumas and here with us is Carla Herrera. Hi Carla, how are you today? Hi, I'm doing great and I'm really just happy to be here having this great topic to talk about with you. You empower your ability to heal by you actually acknowledging that there's an issue there. So I think it's such a good subject. I want to do like several episodes because I feel like I want to get a woman's perspective, like have a a conversation with a woman about generational curses or traumas and then have a male aspect of it as well because I feel that um, when it comes to men, we always tend to say that the men shouldn't cry, men shouldn't, you know, should keep things to themselves and it kind of takes away one, their ability to speak upon their emotions and speak upon the things that are bothering them and then they go on their whole life with all this pressure of having to always keep it inside and I feel like that itself causes so much damage because then us as women we're just like looking for that support from the men as well but it's also embedded in us that the men has to be strong so it's like such a big idea that we grow up on this concept and it creates a generational trauma and then you have all these other little things that go with it that were like bad habits that your parents had and now you have them and then you just amplify them even worse and those habits become addiction become more abuse towards your persona more abuse towards others and you just become very destructive can you tell me a little bit about how you started noticing patterns like in your family or noticing patterns in you that came from something that wasn't really you actually I didn't notice it took me a few years like everything else it's a journey so you have to be patient with yourself (laughs) Because you don't know what is going on when you're growing up, high school years. Um, It takes time. Until I seek therapy, that's when I started to see patterns and started to see like, oh, okay, uh, there's generational curses that we have to deal with. But when before that, I just kept wondering like, why is this happening to me? Um, Why is this so much bad after bad? And I just would cry and I wouldn't understand what was happening. Um, and, and until I seek therapy, they, they just break it down for you. They bring you step one to step two to step three. And then when you have a community who's doing the same thing, you hear their stories and you're like, oh, I'm not the only one. <laughs> you feel so alone throughout that journey. Absolutely. And, and that's when I started just hearing each other's stories or they telling me like, do this, this will help you to be happier. Um, and, and it was a positive community. So I trusted that that was the right. And then once you start going to therapy, you start listening to your needs. Um, so that helped me like something told me like, go to yoga, just random things. And I was like, okay, maybe I should go. And one thing will take me to another. And before I knew it, I started knowing who I was. Um, but, but before that it was hard. I wouldn't understand why I was in um, negative relationships, 
Um, how come I wasn't in good jobs knowing the quality of person that I am? Because we all have something to give in everywhere that we're at. Um, so I believe therapy helped me a lot. And moving to Texas, I think that was my huge breakthrough. It was huge. <laughs> <laughs> it was hard times, but during those hard times, it broke me to the bottom of the floor and, and, and year after year i started learning more of myself and the abilities that i had i was like wow i can take on a huge rock here <laughs> i love the fact that you mentioned that you discovered yourself through shedding these generational traumas like once you were aware of it you kind of just started shedding because like one not only do we get stuck with these generational um, traumas and these generational things that, that have been implemented in on us but then we get stuck with the society, what we start creating in ourselves. But the fact that you brought that up, the, the fact that you said, once I started shedding all of that generational um, curses, traumas, then I found me. Then I found the raw self of me. And I actually really love that because I can't explain it any better than just that. Like just start shaving off all of that bad portions that are not you they're not really you and the fact that you mentioned you know it's funny how you say like oh I had to move out of state in order for me to actually do some healing professionally they say that you advance more in your profession if you move away from your hometown and that's because there's no distractions like you don't have your family that you you're going to go visit every single day you don't have your social networks and your your people that you grew up with because that's a distraction if you really want to actually advance in your career or advance in anything it's it's recommended for you to actually move not saying that everybody should move to achieve this but i'm saying that it's like shedding it's like putting the boundaries you know and sometimes people need those physical boundaries like i'm gonna move out of state and that's that's gonna be my thing i think that's beautiful and i've known you for such a long time that it's hard for me to even know who you are now because even even after like speaking on you coming on board on an episode i was very surprised because i had a different view of you and that's my wrong obviously i should know better that people actually grow up and they become completely different of the person that you met 15 years ago i've known that you've been very active in the community and you've been always helpful with the community and the youth group do you want to talk a little bit about that like because I know you did mention that being in a community helped you and then seeing that everybody else kind of goes through the same thing how did that help you actually heal and how did that help you help others heal most definitely um I feel that growing up I didn't have a guide even though I had five brothers, two sisters, and I was the youngest out of eight, I feel like I was very alone because many of them were married, had their own, they just had their life going on, their routine. Um, so I had so many questions and I didn't have answers. So then I became a youth advocate. I met, I had an, um, an awakening, I met God, and from there he started uplifting me. And then I went and became a youth advocate, which brought me to youth ministry for years. I think I started in 2011 and I didn't stop from there. And every time I wanted to let go, something would bring me back. It was the hardest thing and I didn't understand. I was like, God, why do you keep bringing me back here? <laughs> <laughs> 
It was weird, but I think that was where I needed to be in that moment um, to guide youth. And I would show them like, this is where I came from. This is where I'm going. And this is the whole world in front of you that can happen. Because many of them don't know anything besides the little town they're in. So they think they're going to be in suffering. They're going to be in uh, broken families. And I'm like, no, this is just for you to grow. And there's more things out there. So we will make activities. Or if they had anxiety, they will come to me. Um, I would accompany them uh, when they had emergencies to translate for their parents. I would go to the ambulance with the parents and I would stay in the hospital with them. Or some of them had anxiety issues uh, to the point to make themselves bleed. Um, so I was very honored to hold them and their stories and to see them grow. Many of them are in college. Um, many of them, they, they have like a meal prep business, like they're doing huge things. And it's really heartwarming because I'm like, wow, I didn't have that. But I think I had to go through that to help others build themselves, to let them know that there is a guide, there is a way. So I feel like there's always, always, always a reason why you go through certain things that you go through. In the moment, you're like, what the heck? What's going on? Why is this happening? It doesn't make sense, but once you overcome it and you're there in front of your issue, you're like, oh, you start connecting the puzzle. <laughs> you're like, okay, my puzzle's making sense. <laughs> yeah. I've got one corner down. <laughs> Let's do the other corner. Um, thank you so much for your service because I, I know it, it really does take a certain type of person to deal with everybody else's issues. It takes a special kind of person to do that because not only are you trying to heal and you trying to move on, but taking on everybody else's issues and then knowing that you don't really have the ability to make decisions for them, you could only advise them, is such a hard position to be in and it also is... A very like you said you were honored to be in that position but I'm sure it was draining for you I'm sure it was like you trying to heal while trying to heal others or trying to help others heal and guide them must have been very tough for you it really doesn't matter what path in life you are in it only takes that one person that one person to say hey um, things are different and I could totally resonate with that because um, Obviously, you know a lot about my past and where I grew up and how things went. My listeners don't really know much of me, but I grew up in poverty. I grew up being um, illegal until I was like 21. So it's like, it's very hard. It's hard because you don't see a future. And how do you tell someone else you can see a future if you do things right? You know, how can you tell or advise anyone unless you actually gone through it and actually become an example for them so that's a tough role to play I also love the fact that you mentioned that a lot of these this youth felt like they didn't have other options like there wasn't anywhere else that they could go because this this is all they've known so once you start expanding your horizon then you start seeing okay maybe maybe it is I am capable of healing I am capable of doing other things Yes, and they connect with you because, well, back then I was a little younger. So they're like, oh, so youth to youth, they're seeing your story. And I want to acknowledge the stories and the youth because it takes bravery to talk about your feelings. So when I was supposedly teaching them, they were teaching me along the way. 
So I'm really grateful for these stories. I hold them and, and everyone who's going through things that they're always there's always someone there to hear you out. We feel like we're so alone and I wanted to talk about it because it's really important to just reach out, just anyone. And if that someone's not listening, maybe the person that's next to them is like, oh, I hear you. You know, it just takes that one second to be like, I need help or I'm going through this um, because you feel like you're the only one. Yeah, absolutely. It's always step number one in every process that you go through is acknowledgement acknowledging that there's an issue acknowledging that you need help and then moving forward from there so it's very hard to even acknowledge that there's an issue because there's there's like some studies that have been done on generational traumas right and there's this one in specific that caught my attention um, when I read it and it was a perfect example of what generational traumas are which is they did a study on mice and every time that they smell cherry blossom, the scent of cherry blossom, they would get like a electrical shock. This fear of cherry blossom scent led on into like three generations in the mice. And second, third generation obviously didn't get the shock, but the fact that the first generation dealt with that scent and immediately after that they were shocked they grew like their their genetics kind of grew a fear towards cherry blossom and then second third generation they never got shocked but they were still afraid of the scent it was like they they became they had anxiety when they started smelling the scent so scientifically the way that i have read in other articles is that when a woman is pregnant and they're carrying their child, especially uh, a female child, all the eggs that are supposed to be, um, like when you grow up, all the eggs that you're supposed to have in order to have babies, like it's a limited amount. So you'll have them when you're a fetus, when when you're developing in your mom's in your mom's stomach. So essentially, there's three generations right there. You know, it's like the pregnant mom, the fetus, and then the eggs of the future babies that, that are going to come. So anything that the mom goes through when she is pregnant, like that cherry blossom, that scent already created fear. So therefore the fetus um, understands that it's a fear response. And then, you know, all those eggs of all of these future babies also understand this. And it was so hard for me to um, understand this until it was put, this way because sometimes I thought like oh generational trauma is only the trauma that is being passed down in actions right so it's like if my parents yelled at me for being a certain type of person then I'm gonna have that generational trauma so I'm gonna implement that into my children yes that's a form of generational trauma but it's also things that they dealt with that are this cherry blossom effect into the into you or into your future children, you know? And I found this obviously through the articles that I read, but also the the fact that I have a lot of anxiety. And I always try to link it to work because I, I've always felt like me and work are I'm a completely different person at work than what my natural self is. Like, you know, the spiritual side, but then I work in corporate. So I thought it was like that division that created a lot of anxiety. 
until I stopped working corporate and now I'm working something else that it's not, it's still the same position, but it's not corporate. And um, I still have anxiety and I'm like, why do I have so much anxiety? So naturally I started meditation and I started like trying to figure out like what happened in my childhood that caused me to have so much trauma that causes this anxiety that triggers this anxiety because I feel like every time that I have to be at work I have anxiety but you know what it is is me seeking validation is the validation that I'm seeking when I'm at work yeah it's totally real and I'm like well what happened that I needed all this validation like I'm I'm a type of person that when it comes to my personal life I really do do what I have to do I mean you've known this like I was very completely off even as a teenager like you read tarot like what the <laughs> I remember stepping into like parties and um they would be like yeah she's a psychic and she reads tarot and and then it'd be like okay read me and I'm in like a party drunk you know and I'm like that's not how it works but I was never afraid to show my spirituality so me seeking validation kind of didn't match with the trauma response of the anxiety right and what ended up happening is that I I was like okay well let's seek maybe it's my past life you know because sometimes we we have um traumas that come into or um kind of come into from our past lives into this life and it wasn't nothing on my past lives it wasn't nothing like that it was a generational thing it was like my mom always asked for validation from her husband or my dad and my grandma always asked for validation of my grandpa and so on and so forth typical hispanic family the woman always seeking validation from the men single decision without having the men approve of it and i'm here stuck with like no wonder i'm at work i i work with all men like my my um my whole career has been me working with men i sit in a conference table full of men when i'm trying to seek for validation from a man wow that's impactful but that's how I met generational trauma and how I I started to be like, okay, generational trauma has two forms of it. It has the form of you are born with it because something that happened with your mom or something that happened with your grandma or your dad, your your grandpa, whatever the case is, and then the the generational trauma that you've been implemented. You know, the whole if you live in poverty, you're always thinking about money. Or you're being careful with money. You don't have a good relationship with money. So it's like also acknowledging that there could be more, much more issues than just the physical things, you know, the, the, the things that you could see now, but also look back into your family line, you know? Definitely. And I relate to what you're saying, validation, because I saw it in my family and my mom. Uh, the woman kind of standing in the back, making the men make the decisions um, for simple things like, what do you want to eat today? And the wife's like, whatever you want to eat. So when I start, when I was married, it was really hard because he would ask me, what do you want? But I didn't know because I was so used to the men taking the role and taking the lead that I didn't even know my favorite color. He would ask me, what's your favorite color? And I'm like, 
I don't know. I don't know what my favorite color is. But because I didn't have that space for me to decide, because in my family, it was validation. Like, whatever you say, you're the man. You make the moves. Yeah. Well, I didn't feel like I, I was in charge of the finances because I'm like, you're the man. You, you take care of it. I'm not enough. You know, I'll take care of the rest. Um, but it's from things that I saw over the years in the family that I had to break through till barely this year. So it took years. It's a process for you to take it in and be like, okay, this is not sitting well with me. But why is it not sitting well with me? Like how you were saying, I had to reach out and see where my anxiety was coming from. I'm like, where is this coming from? Why do I feel this way? Why do I feel so stuck when I have all the opportunities in front of me? Like no one's holding me tied or on a rope. Like I have the freedom. So I have the freedom to start thinking, but I had to sit with my thoughts. That's why I'm telling you in Texas, it was my breakthrough because I didn't have friendships. I didn't know the area. I just go to school, come back home and stay in my thoughts. And it was very depressing, heartbreaking. It was horrible. Horrible, but within that horrible situation, uh, I, I I came out, I awakened, and barely this year, um, so I was really grateful for that, and 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 to know that I am capable, I can take care of finances, I can make moves, not just him, and I know what my favorite color is. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite color, Carla? <laughs> It's hot pink. <laughs> oh wow! Look at that. See now you know. I love. It. There you go. <laughs> I would have not had taken you as a hot pink kind of girl. <laughs> right? No, me either. But I was like, wow, I love hot pink. <laughs> so simple thing. Yes, that brings so much joy. Yeah, I, really I I love that the fact that even not just this generation of women are waking up to all these things and they're being more spiritually awoken in the aspect that they want more out of life. They just don't want the nine to five and then go home because not only do we have a bigger role than our parents did or our or our mothers did because now we most of us grew up with like their mom being at home right I didn't my mom actually did have to work but this new generation is like now we know that we could have a career and have a home life and be superwoman and then be all these things but I love most of all that men in this generation are starting to understand that Because like 10 years ago, that wasn't a thing. It was like, you have to go home and clean. You have to be 100% on your cleaning and your household duties and go to work and actually make a career and come bring in the money as well, right? Yes, but I feel it starts with us as a woman because I started asking me questions and then he started making changes in himself. Um Because he wasn't about talking his feelings or going to therapy. And every time we have family gatherings, he's always said it. He's like, thanks to you, I've opened my mind and I've changed as a person, as a man. Um, and I take no credit whatsoever. That was his opportunity for him to be open to this new thinking. Because it takes time uh, if you've never been around it. <laughs> um, So as a woman, I feel like you always take the first step and the men always take, they're like, okay, well, let me join in. Sooner or later, they're they're right behind you. Um, and it's amazing how, how that works. You're absolutely right. It does take someone to like kind of guide them into that. But the fact that we start accepting others for 
what they're going through and like their generational traumas like once you start seeing that in yourself you start seeing how other people react upon their generational traumas like you start seeing it like like if you saw a new color for the first time right like oh now I have that pen I could draw with that pen I'm able to see it and then now everybody else is coloring with that pen you know and you start accepting others with your generational traumas and you start saying to yourself like that's not them I'm not gonna even take offense to them because they, they mean no harm that's just the things that they grew up with and they don't know any better not that it's still acceptable that's true you start accepting others on the the things that they grew up with and what they could offer now based on their traumas and based on how how they perceive life and slowly from there you start helping others heal through just understanding you know like I understand that you have an anger issue because you never had a voice when you were more compassionate right yeah the inspiration that I get from you is the fact that you are able to help others through your community through the things that you like the the abilities for you to move forward in your traumas and the things that you do um help others like at the end of the day we're here to be happy like i feel that that's goal number one you know goal number one you be happy unfortunately we have to do all this work in order to be happy like it shouldn't be that hard but when we are growing up we don't have the ability to shed those traumas or the ability to shed the negativity how to even develop the idea that it is negative or positive or this is going to lead you into sadness and depression and anxiety and that's going to lead you into happiness and you know a, a beautiful relationship and friendship and whatnot you don't have those abilities so once you do start going into that like you start implementing that in your children and so on and so forth. You make your own positivity and if someone comes around and acting upon their, their traumas and they're hurting you in any way, don't take it personal. It's not about you. It's not, you might trigger something in them, but it's not about you. And um, I, I feel like that on its own is also generational trauma because everything, I remember growing up and everything was like, hush hush you know like don't make a fuss don't upset upset people don't say the wrong things because if you get a backlash it's because you said something wrong because you did something wrong so what did what did you do to cause that issue that's what i used to get what did you do that caused that issue no it's not you how you trigger someone else that's on them you know just a mirror and they see their perspective. But it's a journey, ain't it? Like everything. Even in my jobs, I had jobs where um, they will mistreat me and they will yell at me. And I'm like, what did I do to them? I don't even know them. Uh, but I was just their mirror to something that was hiding in their heart. Um, and along with relationships, I feel like I have a healing aura. So I feel like that negativity in relationships. So I would meet someone, and especially in relationships, and I'm like, oh, we connect, let's date. But I feel like they were there for me to teach them something and for them to teach me something. Not necessarily to date, um, 
but for us to guide each other. So I would wonder like, why do I get, I always thought in my head, why do I get the ones that are hurting or going through something or I don't know, marital issues or that they were married, they would come and talk to me. It was so messy, but now I understood that I have a healing aura, so I attract that, that I'm just there to guide. Now, this is not necessarily my duty to guide them, but just to, you know, like every person that we meet, they're here to teach us something. So they were just part of my journey, part of my story for that moment in the healing process. Um, so that was a really hard topic to understand till now, and, and that's helping me to be more happy, um, and like you say um, um, earlier, that not to take anything personal, to just do what you do and, and dance if you want to dance. I know I, many years I wouldn't dance. I was so scared because um, growing up, they would compare me to my siblings. So I wouldn't dance because they will say, oh, you sound like your sister or you look like your sister. Oh, look, you're dancing like her. You want to be like her. But now I'm like, no, I'm going to dance because I'm going to dance. And barely this year I shared it. I was like, wow, I'm dancing in family gatherings. <laughs> it was like little steps that make a huge difference. And you start attracting great things um, and opportunities and friendships. Now my circle is so peaceful. Um, and I'm so excited to connect with you. You're one of them. And, and I'm excited to be here in the podcast with you because you're bringing awareness uh, to very st special topics. Um, and since I met you, you've been so real. Um, no matter if it was weird, like you said, you were in the middle of parties, reading tarots, but you were real to your belief. So that's very, 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 very inspiring and admirable. Um, Thank because you. Because nowadays, it's really hard to be yourself, or people make it seem that way. Um, so I'm excited here to talk about important topics and be here with you and seeing you grow so much. Like you said, you, you thought of me of a certain person back in my day, but we're all evolving, thankfully. <laughs> Spirituality to me doesn't have a religion. So it's like whatever whatever they, they're involved in, that's their spirituality. That's what speaks to them. If that makes them a better person, then who am I to judge their beliefs or who, who they want to follow, what they want to do, right? And I get that a lot. Like I come back to people and years later down down the line or whatnot and they're completely different they're like well something happened to me and it usually something drastically like for you it it was something very drastically that you had to do in your life in order for you to go through that awakening and love you and be you and do all these things and shed the generational traumas you know and for some people it takes a, an illness it takes um, a family member, a betrayal, a heartbreak. It unfortunately it takes a certain bad thing to happen to you in order for you to say there's an issue here. There's an issue here, and if it continues happening, it might be me, and it might be like you said, you started attracting all these people that needed a heal. But now you know better. Now you know how to actually maneuver through the 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 abilities of you healing them without you getting in a relationship with them, you know, without, because sometimes we, we get it, we get stuck to that idea that they need us so bad that you're willing to stay because if it's not you, then no one else is going to help them. 
you know? Or you have that one friend that has not healed, but she's a good person, but she comes to you every single time she has an issue. And if you cut her off because she's causing you mental drainness and she's an energy vampire or whatever you want to call it, then you're like, how can I even cut her if I'm the only friend that she has? I'm the only person and then you're so careful on how you address them you can't you kind of like um one thing that I do remember about you from such a long time and unfortunately we kind of met also in a very negative tone but I think that one of the most beautiful things about a person is seeing past our differences you know past the things that that we we were introduced to and one of the things that always stuck to me always stuck to me was when we spoke about relationships you always spoke about um you having to and i'm gonna say it in spanish because this is how i remember you saying it siempre tengo que acomodar mis palabras in order for me not to hurt him you know like you always have to make sure that you say certain things in order for him not to be triggered or in order for him not to say things that stuck with me I've known you for since I was like what 16 you know so it's like over 17 years ago has always stuck with me that you had to um kind of fix your words in order for him not to be triggered and it stuck with me because I had to implement that in in my um in my relationships I was always like I can't I I can't just not say what I want to say because he's going to get triggered or they're going to get triggered, you know, and it's, it's, um, it, it always brought me back to that relationship, how I met you and the things that we were going through, the similar things that we were going through and why it, um, why it was so toxic then and why it's so toxic now that you have to fix your wording in order for him not to be triggered that stuck with me like for for life carla like seriously and uh, i believe that as well that you meet certain people in order for you to start healing and for you to start accepting the things that you have to deal with if you see a pattern then you got to question the pattern. You got to question where is it coming from, the root problem of how things are going. So, yes, I was watching um, this show on Netflix. I forgot the name of it, but they talk through a wall and they don't know how they look. And then they're in the altar and they have to decide if they want to be together or not. And um, I believe she was Asian. Her dad brought her to the front of the altar and she kept saying, she's like, my dad brings me peace. My dad brings me love. When my dad handed me to him, I didn't feel peace. I didn't feel love. I was afraid. And that's why I decided to say no. And I bring this up because I use that in my everyday now. Um, if it doesn't bring me peace, doesn't bring me love, then that's not the route to go. And I use it for everything that I do. Um, and even for clothing. If you're between a yes and a no... If it's a maybe, then that's a straight no. <laughs> so that was something that I use nowadays to make decisions because it's so hard. And even day you're bombarded with so many choices every single day. And some of them are hard. Some hard choices you have to make. 
So I ask myself, is this bringing me peace? Is this bringing me love? And can I move forward with this decision? And if not, then that's a straight no. And I just want to share this because, yeah, certain things do become a pattern, like the one you're telling me right now that I completely forgot I told you about. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's true, because it's been happening. I have to intentionally remind myself, like, just say what you mean and say it with your chest. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, just be real with what you're really trying to say. So, wow, you really took me back there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, unfortunately, sometimes we meet in very negative aspects, but I feel like every single person that I've met in a negative point of view or a negative tone or whatnot, the the relationship grows. Like, they're there to make me grow. So I've learned so much from the people that oppose my beliefs, from the people that oppose my lifestyle, that oppose everything that I stand for. Because I know now their perspective. And sometimes you learn from that perspective. It's all about perspectives, you know? And I'm very high on that. I'm very high on the... Um, everybody has a perspective and sometimes yours could be in any given time you could change your perspective in any given time anybody could come in and change your perspective so at the end of the day why wouldn't you want someone to alter your perspective into you achieving so much more or you understanding a certain um, a certain topic a certain way all because you opened up to the idea that you might be wrong you know so it, I think that's the, the times that I have grown the most when I've met people in a negative tone. When I meet you in a negative tone, I'm so open for that growth because I'm gonna, like I mentioned in um, other episodes, like I'm like a mad scientist when it comes to spirituality. So I'm gonna dive right in. Like I'm not afraid to take on the challenge of this is happening. How, how can I face it? Well, you face it with your face, you know, dar cara, like we say, you know, give face to, to your scenario, give face to the negativity, the, the things that are coming through. I recently had like a big conversation with all of my brothers. We, we all sat down and we all started talking about the things that we dealt with as, as kids and the things that we didn't see each other deal with, you know. And how it kind of played out into our, our lives now. And, you know, I'm, I'm the spiritual one. I'm the black sheep of the family. Everybody else has their own beliefs and their own things. But generational traumas and generational curses have been um, something that I have been talking to all my family. Not just my brothers, but my cousins and my uncles and my aunts and my, my own parents. But recently that I talked to my brothers about this like um, I was able to kind of help them heal in a way because it once they started voicing out what they actually went through and kind of getting validation from someone else or even an apology like I'm sorry you went through that I didn't know you went through that but I'm sorry you went through that it helped them heal and then it helped me also understand that they're a certain type of person because of that even though a lot of the things that play out, like I'm very grateful that it didn't lead into worse habits, you know, it didn't lead into addiction, it didn't lead into um, them destroying themselves and destroying their lives completely, being so destructive towards their persona, but it can lead to that, 
generational traumas and generational curses can lead to a self-destruction because you don't have that support and you don't have that um, fundamental love that you get in a household it can lead to that you know so yes and i feel when you start questioning yourself start healing the dynamic of the family household starts changing so it's really emotional and really it's just it's amazing when you see it because i've seen it in families that i'm like wow only takes one person to start making home a safe place to let them know that, yeah, it's good to speak up. It's good to talk about your feelings. Great when you dig deep what hurts you and what's not working and how it just helps with your husband, your kids, your parents for the healing they didn't do because they didn't know better. They were trying to do the best they can. So it's just, wow, it's amazing. That's difficult. Like you trying to not only not pass on your generational traumas towards the next generations, but also heal from the previous generational traumas. Like you play a such a huge role in your lineage that it kind of sucks, you know? It kind of sucks that you have to be that that middle person of the old and the new. I, I feel like it, it's going to be worth it once you start seeing other generations completely blossom into them, into like not being afraid, like those opportunities that you lost out on because of your traumas and because the you were acting upon your traumas, they're not going to be there for your kids. Those, those opportunities are just going to come easily and they're going to take hold of them and they're going to achieve so much more because they don't have to worry about all those things, you know? That is true. I have a question. I know when I was beginning to hear podcasts and, and, and just trying to learn about he, inner healing and awakenings, like what will be the first step for someone that wants to start breaking generational curses or from what you've seen or every podcast you've done and the the reason why I like created this podcast is because everybody's healing journey is different because like I've heard podcasts where they're somely on one topic like just do meditation that's what it is just practice a certain religion that's what it is um just do a like the mold is very refined in other podcasts the reason why I created this is because we're all very different. We're all very diverse. Our mentalities are diverse. The things that we dealt with are diverse. So bringing awareness to what resonates with you. Like um, you mentioned yoga, yoga, you know, for some people, yoga is not a thing. Like they could practice it and they might not fall in love with it because it makes them feel uncomfortable, whatever the case is. So it's finding what resonates with you. I always tell everyone like shadow work starts with you looking in yourself and you like um, finding you and the messed up parts of you that you're projecting, right? And then leading back into like what I mentioned, um, my negative qualities, which was anxiety and it was always like seeking validation. I brought it right back into is this me? Um, is this the way that I think? Is this the way, am I a product of my environment? Or am I like um, something that has been implemented 
by my parents or something that I'm seeking throughout this lineage, like my parents' lineage or whatnot. I'm sorry, um, my parents' generation. Or is it a past life? Does this come from a past life? Or does this come from fully a full generation of it, you know? So unfortunately, it is very um, complex to even come up with the idea. But my recommendation is always asking for questions. Never, never stop asking the questions. And if something doesn't resonate with you, continue asking that question. Continue asking, how can I heal? Well, if it's not this, could it be that? If it's not that, could it be this other thing? If it's not that other thing, then let me seek something else. Let me seek what could work for me. Because I've tried a lot of things throughout these 15 years of my spiritual my spiritual journey. And there's some things that I try and they don't resonate with me. For the person that taught me how to do it, I didn't understand how he explained it. You get what I'm saying? Like, porque hay veces, there's sometimes, I keep trying to talk Spanish. There's sometimes that you you meet people and the way that they describe things don't make sense to you because it doesn't click. It doesn't either, you're not in the mindset, the right mindset for you to understand it or they don't speak to your soul. You have to have someone that speaks to your soul, you know? So I guess... Um, breaking down the the answer for that it never stop seeking for answers never stop until you're there until you achieve what you want to achieve don't don't um, leave off um, any type of tool find your tool find the tool that that resonates with you if it's psychology and you're going through psychology great some days you will reach a flat toe and psychology is not going to be the thing forever. Like you're not going to be able to achieve. Um, you're you're going to do like one step and then the next step you need to find something else that is taking you to the next step, you know, the whole enlightenment thing. And it is that. Open yourself up to the idea that there could be many tools. Which one are you going to use? And how is it going to get you, you know, you build a house with a saw, a ranch, a hammer. You build a house with so many different things. So why would you limit yourself? <laughs> you get what I'm saying? And sometimes that, that, that hammer is too small for you and you need a bigger hammer. So you have to find that specific hammer and that line of hammer, but bigger because your hand's too big or you need a small one because your hand's too small you know so looking not letting go of that idea I think is the best great I totally agree with you to look for your answers if you have questions always seek and you say maybe it's not the hammer with that situation you're going through so I completely agree thank you for sharing thank you for inviting me this is so exciting (laughs) appreciate you coming on board, Carla. So much to talk about. I feel like I was an obedient child for so many years. And me and, and Modesto talk about it so much. That barely this year we let go of what was expected of us. And we started listening to what really captured our heart. Um, so like Mayra was saying, always look for your questions. Seek, 
seek. If that doesn't work, seek something else. And if it's for good, then why not give it an opportunity? Um, if it's for bad, then think about it twice. <laughs> um, yes. So as an obedient child, it, 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 just be more real whenever you want to say yes, whenever you want to say no. I feel like that's a huge start. And I've spoken to many and they're like, yes, many times I want to say no. And I say yes. And then I'm stuck and feeling conflicted. So just be real with your heart. Stay in silence before a decision. Touch your heart and just connect. Connect with yourself. Um, I know in December, I went to Port Aransas. This hotel, it, it took you to this little river. It was very, it was an island. And I stayed there for three days for with my thoughts because I was so conflicted. I was like, what's going on with me? Why am I not happy? Um, it was just a weird spot that I was in. And being married, that's not good. I needed to figure it out. So I went there and I stayed by the ocean. I stayed there till like nine o'clock at night. It was scary. It was like pitch dark out there. But I think I saw some weird things coming out of the ocean. It was beautiful. Like you don't know what's in the ocean, but it was a beautiful experience because I, I connected with sound, with the, with the air, with the nature. And I took a notebook and I just started writing. And it was like a forgiveness letter. And I don't believe in writing, but I gave it a try. I was like, you know what, whatever. I have nothing to lose. Right. Let's give it a try. So I, I kept writing, like, I forgive myself for not being there for me when I needed. I forgive myself for letting myself be cheated so many times. I forgive myself for getting hurt when I shouldn't have been hurt. Like, I was going in, and, and as I was writing, I was just crying. And I was like, I forgive myself for not being there for Carla, little Carla, when I needed her, for leaving her crying in the corner. Like, it was very emotional. I don't know where... My paper was full of tears, but I kept writing. I was just writing away. And then I said, I promise myself to love myself. I promise myself to smile more. I promise myself to be more real with my words. And it just became, and then I was laughing and crying. People <laughs> probably thought I was crazy. <laughs> it was such a, and I feel like that was the beginning of my healing in December. And in January, I'm like, this is it. I have to show up how I show up to others because I, I, I'm always there. If I have a busy schedule, I will say, like, I'm there in a heartbeat. I'll drop everything that I'm doing. I'll go to bed late. Even at work, I was behind in my deadlines. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to start doing that for myself. So I started being more real and more raw and asking hard questions. Um, and that, of course, hurted my marriage a little along the process because I was not being that validation woman that I was being taught. I was in the front line. And that's not how we met, so that started like a friction. Um, so it was really hard. It was a lot of crying. And, and, and to this day, it's been a lot of more through that journey, but I feel like it's been better. Like I'm more present, which is something that I was never Therefore, I was always in my thoughts or thinking when things get better, I'll be a, I'll be happier. But that that time will never come. That never happens. Yeah, it's here now and to be present, even if it's bad. Yeah, absolutely. I always call those the tower moments, like where you have to completely destroy everything that you've known and rebuilt. 
And some people take that as a bad thing. Like, I don't want to fight. I don't want to, like, I'm already overwhelmed with all the issues that I have. Why am I going to create more issues? Well, you're creating them to set those boundaries because if you don't reconstruct, if you don't do something differently, then you're always going to end up in that. You're always going to end up in that pattern. You're always going to end up in, in those struggles. So reconstructing is weak of heart, but it, it definitely is something that it's needed. So it, it has you have to have courage for that, those kind of things, you know? You have to have courage. Well, once again, thank you so much, Carla, for joining us. Um, I do really appreciate your insight. I'm very thankful that you're part of a community where you're helping others because in turn, those people are going to go help someone else. Your youth group have a Facebook page or anything like that that you want the followers to look for or anything like that? Yes, it's St. Peter's Ignite. Um, They're in Pasadena, Texas. But yeah, um, they're always putting events out there. Right now they have a soccer team. So that's huge for the church. Um, the youth are guiding it. And they monthly they have events coming up. So yes, follow on Instagram, St. Peter's Ignite, Facebook as well. Um, and I think that's it. We had Snapchat, but that app's a little weird. So that one's off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, definitely. Um, so Facebook and uh, Instagram. Give us a follow, and thank you, Maida, for having me here. It was great uh, just sharing this beautiful topic and just speaking from the heart and the knowledge that you have. Thank you, thank you. Thank yeah, you, no problem. Anytime. My door's open. My Instagram's always open for everyone who wants to speak to me directly. For you as well, you know how to reach me. And I'm an open book. The, the thing... The thing about it, though, is that sometimes I do take time to reply because obviously there's there's a lot of messages coming in or there's a lot of things going on. But definitely, I always try to take at least five minutes for every person that wants to say or make a comment or have a question because I think that's very key because I don't want to leave any doors open or more questions. I want to be able to be expressive enough that it's understandable. So... You guys know how to reach me on Instagram at M-A-Y-R-A-O-S-O-L-I-S. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode. We'll see you guys soon and have a great one.